since its invention, the camera has been providing us with an amazing way to capture and share nature. From the beginning, photography has been used to shape and advance our relationship with nature. The camera has taken us around the globe to places most of us will rarely visit. It has enriched our understanding of our place in the world. And more recently, there has been incredible advances in the technology that has improved the way we take and develop photographs. But even with those amazing changes, I believe that the art of photography is still a personal relationship between photographer, camera, and the subject. And it is that personal relationship that determines the final photo. About a year ago, I started following Kathy Wicks, a master naturalist, visual artist, and environmental photographer on Instagram. What struck me about her photography was just how deeply she was able to convey that strong sense of something personal, a sense of her relationship to her subject. Our world is full of media images and photographs, which often become rather overwhelming. So after experiencing that personal connection that Kathy was capturing with her photographs and sharing with the rest of us, I wanted to have Kathy join me and talk about capturing nature. My name is Stefan Van Norden, and this is Nature Revisited. I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time, to be honest with you. Okay, I'm ready. Well, you know, I, as I did this, I learned a lot about myself in terms of, oh, gosh, the changes that have happened over the years with all of this photography and sensory nature exploration and everything else. I'm like, my goodness, it's changed. So how important was nature for you when you were growing up? And, and where do you spend most of your time outdoors? I grew up in New York City and the suburbs of northern New Jersey. So at that time, it was developed, but probably not developed as much as it is these days. But weekends were spent at my grandparents' home in New York in the Schwangunk Mountains. And it was kind of like I had these regular chapters in my life, and every other weekend it was a colorful illustration of being outdoors because we had no TV. And I say we, meeting all of my cousins, we were there as a family. We would explore. I mean, there was 200 acres. There was a lake. We fished. We swam. I remember there was a shale hill out in front of the house where I would go and I would look for fossils. So it was a time of curiosity and discovery. But at night, because we had no air conditioning, the windows were open all the time. I remember very clearly you could hear the sound of the New York State Thruway in the distance, but you could also hear the frogs. 
and you could hear the coyotes howling. And, and so there were those types of memories. And now when I hear a frog, there's not a time I listen to a frog that I don't think about that time of my life, uh, you know, young, laying in bed, listening to all those sounds. From there, I pursued a career in environmental education and environmental science, but never really used the degree. I actually, at that time when I was finished with my degree, there weren't really many jobs. So I went into an office environment. I was a librarian for 40 years. So there wasn't much time, I mean, for spending time in nature. I left the house in the dark, and I came home in the dark. And I am not a person that takes the main highways. I like to take the back roads. And there are many times that I would stop and I would take pictures of the sunrise and the sunset and stop at, let's say, a lake that I would pass along the way. And really, if I had a bad day, going to nature and just staring at the lake and the sky and the trees and things like that always calmed me down and, and it made me feel better. When I was getting ready to leave my job, after 40 years, I knew that I had to think about what next was going to be. I knew it was going to be something to do with nature. State of Illinois, as do many other states, have a master naturalist program. I signed up immediately, and it was the best decision that I ever made. We're required to engage in volunteer activities, and we do continuing education. But more than that, you're with people who are like-minded, but we're all continuously learning. And I would say is that my volunteer activities have opened the doors to learning more about the state of Illinois. And nature now has a very significant impact on my life through volunteering, through uh, visual art, through photography, at home. And now I am Currently, just a few months now, I have a part-time job working with a local park district. I'm working in their natural areas division. So I'm outside removing invasives. For a while there, there was a pause in nature in my life. But now I am finding that nature has become the only place where I can block out the rest of the world and relax. When I am in nature, nothing else exists. Wow. So when did you first become interested in photography? And was nature a favorite subject from the beginning? I enjoy exploring my creativity. I, that has always been something in my life. So drawing was something that I enjoyed since I was a child. And going into high school, even in college, one of my first majors was art. It was something that I explored, but they were horrible pictures. I, I, I always would get frustrated because you would take a picture and it took so long to get the results back. And, of course, that has changed these days. But nature was always a subject in my photography. But I will say that one of my early favorite subjects of taking pictures was portraits of musicians, musicians performing their art. I enjoy music. I enjoy people that show a passion for their art. Photography became more, and nature became more of a priority as I learned more about, especially the nature of Illinois. In March 2020, when COVID lockdown occurred, we, we couldn't do any volunteer activities in the Master Naturalist Program. I thought, what, what am I going to do now? Because that was, that was a huge part of my life at the time. So it provided the opportunity to explore nature with a camera, and that's how I, I approached that time. Fortunately, many parks remained open. I went out, and what first started out is me 
going out into nature to identify plants. And I'm glad this was in the spring because there was a lot happening at that time. But over time, it has become more of more artistic because now that I have identified things, I now can go back and say, all right, here's a picture of those bloodroot. How am I going to take this picture in such a way that's that I can share it with somebody and they're going to say, wow, that is a beautiful flower. And so it continues. I mean, to this day, I still go out with a camera anytime I go out and out into, into nature. So how has the technology of photography changed over the years? And how are you able to utilize those changes? Well, the most obvious answer to that is digital photography. It, it made possible the instant review of photos with greater ease of editing. The first digital camera that I used was a Sony Digital Mavica that used 3 by 5 floppy disks. Terrible resolution, but it was so exciting to see those photographs immediately. From there, I went to using a Canon. I had a 20D, and then now I use a Canon 7D. But it was the rise of the smartphone that made capturing photos more convenient. A smartphone is smaller than a DSLR, and for most people, their phone is always with them, and it's easier to take photos when you're out and about on the fly. But when I'm in outdoors, sometimes I only bring my smartphone. It could be that I'm working, and so I don't bring my Canon with me, let's say. I always have my phone with me. And when I'm working, sometimes I'm out in the middle of the prairie, as yesterday, and there were things underneath all of the grasses, and there are some green coming up. So having that phone with me is very handy. And sometimes I go out in nature and I take pictures with my phone, and then I will go back later on and, and take photos of better resolution. It depends on the situation that I'm in. For convenience, I'll use my cell phone. and Or if I'm out uh, in nature and I'm actually looking around in earnest, then I probably am going to take my digital photo. And sometimes I do both. So how important is preparation to the process of photography? That's a hard question to answer because it's going to be different. I have a mental checklist that I keep in my head, but there's always going to be that time where I'm going to wake up in the morning and I had not planned to go out and do any photography. I wake up in the morning and let's say it's foggy out that morning. Now things get a little bit more interesting because you could take all those moody pictures. Or let's say we had an ice storm overnight. Or So you have to be prepared that things are going to change rapidly. But for the most part, I prepare for many of my subjects that I'm going to take through the seasonal cycles. Since I became a master naturalist, I keep a, a nature journal. And that helps me go back from year to year and kind of say, okay, a skunk cabbage are getting ready to come pop up. That will be about February or March, so it's coming up soon. That gives me an idea of when I should expect to see certain types of plants. In nature, you always have to be prepared that there are going to be surprises. You could be out there and you could see something that you never saw before because there are some plants that are only going to be out for a couple of days. I like to take pictures of, of mushrooms. A mushroom that you see today may not be there tomorrow. I think you have to be prepared. Quite often I will get a tip from somebody saying, hey, I saw Missouri lily out at such and such park, and man, I'll be in my car in five minutes flat to go there. 
because I know that probably they're not going to be there very long. You have to be prepared for that surprise, even when you're out in nature. I have a friend that lives in an area that is it's on a lake, and we were out taking a walk one day, saw a big patch of snow trillium. Why it was there, we had never seen it before. It was a surprise to see it. In the years that we were going out and looking for things, that was the first of three years that we saw those snow trillium, and that was, for me, exciting to see them. You know, there's a lot of nature photographers. I see them a lot. But one of the things that really caught me about your photographs is that when I look at them, I get a real sense that nature is very personal to you. There's, there's a personal relationship between what you're taking and the photograph. And I don't know how you do it, but can you talk about how that relationship between you, nature, and the camera all comes together to produce that final image? I mean, how are you able to convey such a personal experience through your photographs? I was trained in the era of Rachel Carson and Sense of Wonder, the sensory approach to nature. And I was talking to somebody about this, is that in this fast-paced environment that we have now, it would be very hard for somebody to slow down enough to go ahead and use your senses in that way to appreciate nature. When I go out in nature, you're out there and you're closing your eyes and you're listening with your ears. I can give you an example is that I went out with a group of people. This was last year. They were walking on a hike, and they were talking about, well, you know, where did you get your backpack, and where did you get this, and where did you buy that? I was kind of like, well, you're missing over here. We've got this fern, and you're missing this over here. So it was, for me, a very different thing. They were very into their equipment. They were walking very fast. Now, for me, that's I, I do the opposite. I work walk very slow. I think that much of what you, I hope you see in my photographs is the passion that I have and the sentiment for nature. No matter how many times I see a field of bluebells, the emotion I experience is extremely high. And when I'm outdoors, I feel nostalgia, as I said, for the time I spent in the mountains when I was a young girl. I'm a fairly reserved person, but many people tell me that when I am in nature, I lose that reserve and I get excited by what I'm experiencing. I think that for me, it's an unconscious thing that what you see is a very personal photographs. I'm glad that you do, because if you see that, then I have achieved what I am trying to do is, let's say, even in environmental education, by connecting people with nature. I don't like to uh, process my photos very much, especially the macros of, let's say, flowers and ferns and everything else and, and mushrooms. I like for people to see what I am seeing. So how do you feel that the act of taking a photograph brings you closer to nature? And how does it bring the viewer closer to nature? Your photos, they give me the sense that when I say we are nature, you capture that. We are nature. When I first became a master naturalist, I had a goal of becoming, there's a term called at one with nature, which essentially means that you're at a peaceful state as a part of nature. And, and so that goes back to we are nature. And as I said before, is that when I'm outdoors, 
everything else no longer exists. I become immersed in the sights, the sounds, the smells, the colors, the space, the textures. I'm constantly looking around at things. When I'm taking a picture, the camera is connecting nature with the viewer. The camera is the thing in between. As I said, I like to take, try to see things as people don't usually see them, and that requires patience and time. And for the person that has the ability to do that or even has the time to do that, I think the rewards really are very high. That sensory approach to nature, for some people, that is extremely difficult to do. For me, it was difficult to do. Even coming back into nature after 40 years, I have to say, Oh, yeah, I need to remember how to do this. I need to practice this. It does take practice. It takes time and patience. This has been four years in the making. Over time, it has taken to try certain things so that the pictures do something a little bit different. But it has always been my goal not to process anything, especially when it comes to macros. With landscape, it's a little bit different, but for the macro photos, I I really am very, I would prefer not to go ahead and do any post-processing on them. What do you hope your photographs relay to the viewer? This is important for me because I currently have an exhibit at one of the local conservation districts, and they asked me to write an artist statement. And in that statement, I had to think about, I had to think about what I was trying to project there. And again, I started thinking about the fact that I was trained as an environmental educator. What is it that I'm trying to do through my son's photographs? And that's some of the things that we have been talking about. But I go back to the time before there were designated spaces to protect and appreciate natural resources. And we're going back to the Yellowstone days. Artists explored and advocated for the environment and inspired for the outdoors. Their images had underlying messages of connecting people with nature. When people think of Illinois, they think of cornfields in the city of Chicago. I happen to live in the Grand Prairie, but if I go 30 minutes to my east, I'm in the Wabash border where there's the Wabash River and the Vermilion River. And really one of my goals is, especially for this area, when people view my pictures, I want them to see what Illinois has to offer because I don't think that people associate Illinois with natural areas. I've been focusing on wandering around the state of Illinois, primarily in the Midwest, and even going over the border into Indiana, since I live very close, to take pictures and capture nature to share them with people so that they can see what Illinois, has, the Midwest, has to offer. Do you have a, a favorite place you like to go to take your photographs? And do you have a specific subject in mind when you go out? Sometimes I do have a specific subject in mind when I, when I go out, yes. Where do I go? I often capture photos when I'm working, when I'm volunteering, and even in my backyard. When I drive, as I said, I take the country roads and will detour to pass through a natural area in my travels, or I will stop to capture something that I may see along the way. I watch for birds. My go-to places can be anywhere. There is a forest preserve that's about five minutes from my home. I volunteer there, but also is that I go out there to practice my trail running. And then there are times where I just go out and I hike for about 
seven or ten miles to just kind of see what's happening out there because it changes. Nature changes. It's so dynamic. Every time I go there, I may go there two days after uh, a previous hike and I see something totally different because nature changes so quickly. You talk about the personal connection between you and your subject before you take a photograph. Have you ever had an experience when you felt that you couldn't capture the true essence of the subject? In other words, that not taking a photograph was the best option? Yes. Sometimes when I go out in nature, I don't just don't take photographs. Sometimes I'm just out there to just look and listen. And sometimes I just don't feel like it. Maybe you could say I just don't have the passion for it at, at that moment. Maybe I just don't have the heart. Sometimes I go through a slump. Yes, I'm saying is that to achieve my goals, sometimes that personal connection is just not there. I'm afraid that if I took pictures during that time, it's just the photographs. That when the feeling is not there, the photographs is not going to be the same. There are other things that, of course, not taking is an option. Maybe the sample that I have is not good. Maybe the lighting is not good. Maybe it's in a sensitive area where I can't step foot in. When I go out in nature, I, I try to be as respectful as possible. I will get down on the floor if I have to sometimes to take pictures of something. I think the mood is extremely important for me. The answer I can give you there is that if that personal connection is not there for one reason or another, I will not take a photograph because I just kind of feel that the outcome may not be the same as what I'm used to or what I would like. Where can my listeners learn more about your work? Well, Instagram. I, I am a faithful Instagrammer. I enjoy seeing where people are going. I have a lot of people that I've made friends with on Instagram. I love looking at the photographers around the world of, of what people are experiencing in nature. I am on Facebook. I have a, a Facebook page under a naturalist nature, which is also my WordPress page. I have a, a website. I currently also have an exhibit at the Kennecook Cove County Park in their education center. It is an exhibit of my photography and my visual art. And then also as I'm going to be speaking at a an expo in May, I'm going to be speaking about my photography and nature and talking about the the story of nature. I'm going to be telling the story of my photographs. So this is the Midwest Outdoor Expo in Forest Glen Preserve, and that is in May. So do you ever have a sense of the sacred when you are in nature? And do you think you're able to convey that through your photographs? Yes, I do have the sense of sacred. Whether or not I can convey that, probably not as good as I was I would like to, because it depends. The term sacred can mean a few things in this instance. So it could mean something that's precious, and that could be natural. It could be something cultural. It could be something historical. But there's also things like remnant prairies. Those things, to me, are, are extremely sacred, not only for their, as a natural resource, but also is that, is that for remnant prairies, those that are buried there, 
they are still protecting the land in many ways, and that kind of lets you know that there's something different here. There's something that's precious here. I had always thought that when I was leaving my job that I would probably become an artist, meaning a visual artist. And somehow it's the photography that has kind of captured a lot more interest. But I guess it's in the eye of, of, the, of the viewer. <laughs> and I have to be happy that, that, that people appreciate what I'm showing because, as I told you, is that if you're seeing that sense of personal in my photographs, I have achieved with my goal of connecting people with nature. I love knowing that you're getting that because it, it truly is, for me, a personal relationship between, yeah. na- between me and nature. And I, I hope I never lose that. I do feel sacred quite often when I'm out in nature. I would say even just going out, there's a special reverence for nature all the time. And I do see that. And that's why I invited you onto my podcast, because I would like my listeners to get an idea of the person behind the photographs and to share with them. So, so ultimately, what do you hope the viewer takes away with them after viewing one of your photographs? Well, when I capture nature, I hope that the viewer can sense or feel that emotion that I feel when I am out in nature. And I also hope that they see the diversity of wildlife or want to learn more about the subject matter. And for people that live in the Midwest, I hope that they see something and say, wow, I did not know that that was there. And I did not know that we had these plants in Illinois. I think as an overarching goal, I would like to enhance environmental awareness and encourage advocacy for the environment on on a higher level. I would encourage people, I guess, to, if they have a master naturalist program in their state, to investigate it. Because it has been rewarding for me in terms of learning about nature, experiencing nature, and then also being part of the process of helping to restore nature. When I left my job, I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. I always had that goal, even as a librarian. And, and this is different. This is on a grander scale. You're, you're helping the environment in a grander way. So Richard Liu said on your podcast that moving people from data and studies to action on climate change and biodiversity would take a love or a deep attachment to nature. And I'm so glad he said that because I totally agree. Part of what we do as Master Naturalists is go out and volunteer with removing invasives and helping to plant seed and helping to collect seed. And the more people that we have doing that, the bigger difference that we're going to make with it in our environment. I would hope that people who are interested in the outdoors, I would encourage them to investigate their Master Naturalist program in their state. But I also now am employed by a local park district and their natural areas division. And that just kind of happened recently where I was asked if I would like to help. And I said, absolutely. And I have a wonderful mentor. I'm learning a lot more with a hands-on approach about the outdoors. I consider myself the everyman type of photographer where I I did not get any formal training. I dabbled in photography. I did take some photography 101 classes. But I would say if anybody was interested in photography, 
to take your cameras and go out there and start taking pictures and just looking around first and taking your time and, and, and spending time with, let's say, what's in nature before you go ahead and you take that picture. And I would say also is that if you're going to go out in nature, stop and, and look around a bit and, and use your senses. Stop and smell and close your eyes and listen to what you hear and look around on the ground and look up in the sky and touch the bark of a tree, let's say. Take your time going through nature and, and really, really take it all in rather than just kind of sail through it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kathy Wicks and that you will find her photography as captivating as I do. If you enjoyed this edition, please share with friends, family, and colleagues. The music for this episode is Traffic, Low Spark of High Heel Girls. You can follow Nature Revisited on Instagram, YouTube, and NordenProductions.com. Nature Revisited is made possible by the generous support of David Lipo. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Orden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join me for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, do remember, we are nature. Thank you.